Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 690. My quote, success quote, will be don't do anything half-hearted. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling all the way in from Istanbul, Turkey, Arman Suchian. Arman, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yes. All right. All right. We're ready to go. (laughs) Hi, Mark. Great to have you here, by the way. Arman Suchian is a jewelry designer and maker who lives in Istanbul, Turkey, as I mentioned. He studied at the Kent Institute of Art in the UK and studied under the famous designer Stephen Webster. Since 2011, he has crafted his own designs and created a unique line of men's belt buckles, rings, cufflinks, and more, inspired by the classic cars that he loves so much. His passion and inspiration comes from his childhood passions for 50s and 60s American cars, including marks like the Chevrolet, Ford, Plymouth, Chrysler, Cadillac, and Buicks. By taking design cues from these iconic brands, Armand has created artistic yet useful tributes to automobiles that any enthusiast will immediately recognize. So Armand, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more before we get into the questions about your business, your art, your life, and of course, your passion for automobiles and design? Thank you, Mark. It's been great and being invited to your show, firstly. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Thank you very much for the invitation. Great to have you here. Yeah, it's uh, as you mentioned shortly, my business is I'm a jewelry designer. I'm a jewelry designer and a maker in the same time. I started uh, apprenticing jewelry workshops in Covered Bazaar, historic Covered Bazaar at the age of 15. So from there, I took it to one level uh, further and went to study in UK in a design institute and studied jewelry design and later on I uh, got into the team of Stephen Webster and since 2011 I launched my own brand. Uh, my surname is called Suchian and um, currently I'm still promoting that in, uh, in various areas in states also in Las Vegas Couture Show. This is going to be the third year this year and oh, wow. um, throughout uh, my career uh, as I was a craftsman for other people, for other designers. I always kept a sketchbook. And um, so throughout these decades, I always kept notes about things that I wish uh, I would have, I would have liked to make my own. Mm -hmm. And these happen to be uh, this interesting details of uh, American cars and uh, details of them turned into various accessories like belt buckles and rings etc yes when you say why cars i spend my childhood in my father's 62 falcon it's not the most glamorous american cars i suppose 62 falcon it's just small straight six small block engine but mm-hmm. if this car then uh, it was for me it was for a kid it was really really uh, interesting i still remember in the hot days we have really hot summers in here how that vinyl stuck to my leg and, uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember those days when i was a kid too <laughs> and how hot it would get inside the car when we parked it it was black originally and it oh was my gosh with, uh, and then uh, uh, and all the, the these things about these cars i noticed uh, as a kid 
mostly the, the, the tiny trimmings, the forms, the shapes, the, the, the form of the dashboard and all these kind of things. I grew sure. up in 62, but my father, uh, I always listened to, my, listened to my father's stories about his 57 Fairlane, which uh, oh, it, yeah. it was his dream car, I guess. And uh, he used to tell uh, quite a few anecdotes about it because he took a long journey from Istanbul to all the way to Munich with my mom around 70s. Oh my gosh! Considering you, know, you got like iron block countries around that time, and it was they, they had a quite interesting journey all the way up. Uh, and back. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that must exactly. have been like. Exactly, and um, so uh, later on, uh, when as I grow up, uh, literally these cars we have them in Istanbul. Uh, we had them in Istanbul as like normal taxis, or uh, we call them shared taxi. But in Turkish, they call dolmuş, means it's it's full. Yeah, so basically, people get seen in a specific route from A to B for a specific amount of money. Mm-hmm. So this, this kind of a public transport, let's say. These big Americans were serving these shared taxis. And later on, to get more people in, they were chopped up and extended and get a, a third row of uh, seats. Oh, my gosh. In. Uh, but uh, literally in 60s and 50s and 60s and 70s, li- these were the cars that you could see in Istanbul, which for me, it was, was strange. These were like almost like alien ships landed in Bosphorus because <laughs> the, 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 somehow the iconography didn't fit, but they were right. almost at home in their home. But you knew they didn't belong to the background. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, I, by I was 10, I, I could recognize all the models and things from their uh, stoplights, from the fenders and things like that. Thanks to my father, he used to sort of give me the clues. Oh, this is 56 Chevy. Now oh, that spot is 55. Oh, this, ah. is, this is a round Chevron, so it's Ford. <laughs> you know, what's really, really cool about this story is here's a young man, a boy in Istanbul, Turkey, influenced by American automotive design in the 60s. and Today, it's all come back around and you're creating this beautiful, wonderful jewelry and accessories for for people to enjoy and wear and adorn. And it all goes back to that story. So that's why I wanted to have you here. And as we continue on your automotive journey and your career journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has a, a meaning in your life. And it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Armand? Take the wheel. Right. My quote, success quote, will be don't do anything half-hearted. I mean, uh, literally, just uh, I guess this is uh, pretty much what I do. I'm really detail-driven. Mm-hmm. I threw out whatever I did. Uh, it's all about if you're going to do something, you try to do the best, you know, uh-huh. and, yeah. and and don't do it half-heartedly. Do it with passion and uh, fail with passion, but at least fail with passion, you know, just about do it right. And uh, that would be, that would be, that was always my, still is my motto. And uh, throughout my college years and uh, in the, my apprentice years and, uh, and later on in my professional life working for Stephen Webster and now it, uh, it the same thing applies for my own work, for my own business. And you know, sometimes it uh, it could be tough, but uh, I could put my head to the pillow quite in comfort every night. At least I know <laughs> that. I-, <laughs> I like that. I can put my head to the pillow in comfort. I'm going to coin that phrase. I like that. That's that's very it's nice. Li- literal translation from a Turkish proverb. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Now, how would you say that in Turkish, just so we can enjoy your language for a moment here? 
Okay, so that would be akşam kafana yastığı rahat koyarsın. Please don't ask me to repeat that. All right. I, 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 would, totally, I would totally butcher, but I'm going to work on it for you, okay? So next right. time we talk, I can say that with some eloquence in my voice. Right. You know, uh, remember when I was a child, I was building a fort behind my house, and I was having some trouble, and I was probably hurrying the project, and my dad came out and was trying to help me. He was an architect, and I remember him saying something similar. He said, look, if you're going to do something, do it once, take your time, and do it right. Don't rush the project. Take your time because you're going to have to redo it if you mess it up. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great, great saying. I like that very, very much. Thank you for sharing that wonderful Turkish proverb with us as well. That's beautiful. Now, let's go back in time. You've already kind of given up some of this a little bit, but you talked about your dad having that Ford Falcon, which, of course, was the platform for what came as the Mustang a little bit later. The other car he had in the 50s, maybe there's one story you could share with us that instigated your passion for cars. That pivotal moment when you were that little boy looking at those kind of chopped up funky long cars, <laughs> where you really realize, you know what, I am a car guy. I, I kind of, uh, I am a car guy. I, I late, Quite early, I could say, I, I could have said that. I knew that I was literally sort of like uh, being a car spotter around 12 years of age. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, I could name from the tail lights, spotlights, you know, which car, what model, and uh, things like that. But uh, from the chopped up versions that elongated uh, taxis that we have, I always had a bit of confusion because there was this chopped up versions and there was the normal sedan versions. I also thought, oh, so they must have produced this particularly for this purpose of ah. that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see how that would be confusing. Yeah, but later on, my car, my dad took me to. Uh, we have a sort of area in here. We used to have that. We there's no they no longer exist. Where all the car workshops and uh, where the body workers and the mechanics were. The, it's literally, it's a center where they all kind of. Uh, okay, where everyone. Their yeah. Show. yeah, wherever. Yeah. So that's where I saw that they literally chopped the Chevys in bit from oh my the middle gosh. and they. They extend and literally they did this in a very, very fantastic, you know, everything done was done by hand. They raised all the panels that needed to be extended by hand. So this was done in a very, very uh, primitive uh, means in mm -hmm. a very, how can you say, very Spartan, let's yes. say. The workshops yeah. were a half in a street, half in a garage. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. Literally. But they, they did a fantastic job. All the, if you, when you think about it, all these 1940s huge curvy trunks, uh, yeah. side panels, everything was raised by hammer. Oh my so, gosh. you know, so it's amazing. Then I knew that since the, as a kid, I had a thing for three-dimensional art and the forms mm. uh, for sculpture. So these were kind of my basic matrix. Inspirations, yeah. yeah inspiration. So literally all their forms, uh, those lines, and uh, they, they stuck with me. And from yeah. that on, and uh, everything else that I pretty much designed, maybe sometimes they were there, sometimes they weren't there. But I, I could remember even before I go to the college in UK that I designed a brooch from the tail fender of the 57 and everybody laughed at me, you know, who would wear that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a lot of car gals that would wear that. I, I do. I've had a few of them on this I show. I that sketch. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, it's very, very creative and cool and I like it very much. I'm in fact, after we talk today, I'm going to Google old uh, Turkish taxis and see if I can find any pictures that I exist. Send you, I, I can send you a few links. That oh, do. Please do. I, I, I will send you a few links there okay. are some 
blogs in Turkish, but they got quite good pictures that you can have an oh, idea. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'll make sure I put that on your show notes page to share that with some listeners so that, because I'm trying to imagine what these things look like. And of course, we have lots of designers and builders. I've had many on the show who build custom hot rods and things like that. But I think these were very different. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Armand, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Something you came up against that really was frustrating for you. Take us there, share the story, but most importantly, talk about how you overcame it and how it helped you move forward and what you learned from that experience. Uh, I think the, uh, the toughest thing would be to, uh, for the last almost, let's say, 10 years, uh, um, after I left England 2004 and then I spent five years in Italy, Milan, teaching and freelancing. Uh-huh. And dur- during that time, uh, I, had an, I, I had all these ideas I was making as what, uh, making on the side, my trying to build up my collection. But the toughest thing is just try to build your con- collection and uh, then do a freelance work. You know, do the freelance work and get uh, get resource from there and fund your collection through. That was the most t- toughest thing. Oh yeah, and uh, literally didn't work out at the end. And uh, the so because the collection requires a, a more capital, and uh, your freelance is uh, literally you don't know when you're gonna have enough work to support yourself and the right. collection. But uh, I had that was a tough time. Then uh, I came to Istanbul to work for a design company that which was uh, recently launched. And uh, two years the, I worked there as a design uh, designer, jewelry mm-hmm. and object designer. And later on, and um, still kept designing my own things. And uh, with a good friend of mine, and um, so he gave me the opportunity to just okay do what you need to do just don't worry about the rest and i literally from there on and started doing my own collection now i had the backing of a friend and i could build up the collection but you know the things the launching a brand is never never easy business no it's a lot of work exactly and particularly if you insist that I am doing belt buckles that in, is inspired by cars and you are working and you are particularly marketed, marketing this product towards men. And um, it is a tough business. And uh, you literally everybody give me an advice and saying, look, you can't build a business on men's jewelry or men's belt buckles. But, you know, as uh, my friend said, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and do. But that was something I needed to get out of my system. So uh, I, yes. I locked myself in, in the workshop for almost a year and a half and come up with these 12 belt buckles nice. and, a few, and a cufflinks and things. Yeah, It's still a tough thing to do, but it's sh- uh, you're going to have to persist. That's the one thing. You're going to have to persist. And in good times, let's say everything was fantastic in the world. You know, we have the economy was, well, let's say it was much better. Even then is a, is a difficult thing to launch to your idea as a brand, which there is nothing in before and you're going to create your own market. So even then it's difficult. Now we're not going through particularly good times. And, um, it, it's, it's still difficult, but uh, slowly but surely uh, I'm gaining some recognition. So that's a quite good reward. Absolutely. Well, you know, the takeaway I hear from what you're telling me, and I've heard this from many people 
who are trying very hard and struggling to build a business of any kind is that word persistence. You need to have persistence, yeah. tenacity, passion. Yeah. And uh, luckily, you aligned yourself with a, either a benefactor or a friend who's helping you in some way that enables you to focus on what you really want to do. And I think by appearing on shows like Cars Yeah, uh, the internet nowadays helps you to uh, yeah. expose yourself to people around the world in a way that you never could before, then you can start to build a following of people. And, you know, we were uh, recording this as Beards Action Auctions and the Arizona Auctions in, and I'm thinking here, gosh, I want to figure out ways to help Armand that to get this out in front of people. And I've been to Bear Jackson and you think, man, if you were there showing your wares to people so people could look, touch and feel because these kinds of of pieces of jewelry, belt buckles, cufflinks, a lot of times need to be touched and felt and seen for the quality. So I'm very uh, excited that you're being persistent. You're pursuing your passion. That's what it's all about. So bravo to you for sticking it out and continuing to build what you're passionate about. Really, really great story. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's one of those times when you go, ah, this is the direction I need to go down. And tell us the steps you took to turn that into a success. It would be about my career. And I think the aha moment would have been I was apprenticed into a work, uh, into a goldsmith workshop during my high school years in Covered Bazaar. Uh-huh. And uh, the Jewelry the workshops in covered bazaar literally it was very very traditional. You just uh, do the everyday uh, er- the run errands and you buy you know buy lunch or breakfast to whoever working there the masters and stuff. So most of my four years is uh, there wasn't too much joy in what. I was experiencing as an apprentice, but, but in one moment, in, um, through again a family friend who coincidentally they were uh, importing the modeling wax, which uh, which is an American brand, uh, very famous at that time. Now I don't know. I think the, uh, they uh, they bought uh, they've been bought by another company. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were importing this modeling wax, which literally is a wax. It's more tough. It's hard. You can file it. You can machine it. Ah. So I I ended up putting my sculpting passion and share modeling things and carving this. So and this is became my specialty throughout my career. And that was like my aha. Uh-huh, all right, I got my material now. Definitely, I, this is this is what I like. Uh, you yeah. know, rather than mostly working with m- uh, metal and which what goldsmithing requires, but uh, also wax carving and wax modeling became my uh, forte. So through that, that stuck with me. That I always. Uh, my specialty always become wax carving and wax, wax modeling. Although I was also a traditional uh, goldsmith and work, could work with the metal. And uh, later, uh, I thought I could put this uh, wax carving and modeling uh, skills into good use. And uh, through my sketches that I kept uh, while I was working with other people, ah. and I start, uh, started to model those details that they stuck with me throughout my childhood. Uh-huh. And uh, along the way in between this, before I left to UK, I was collecting lots of graphic books about car design, car styling. But before I found any book about car style, I come up with this uh, amazing graphic designer, British graphic designer, Philip Castle. He uh, designed quite a lot of uh, album covers for the rock 
groups and for Beatles and things like that. Ah, uh, yes, yes, that's where I know that name from. Okay. Exactly, and uh, he's, uh, he, I don't know if he's alive or he was really, really a car passionate guy and you could see it in his designs and he's like Elvis jukebox um, <laughs> uh, Farah Fawcett uh, you, you, I'm sure you, if you google it in, uh, you will see his work Mm-hmm. And that book was really, really amazing. I thought that's fantastic. The, you, uh, the, all the details I love, they become a sculpture, they become part of Elvis. And, I, uh, and that, that's the book that pretty much influenced me, the, putting those ideas into jewelry or some sort of sculptural form. Well, how about a proudest career moment? Is there one that stands out for you that you would share? In 2014, I was invited to Las, Ve- Las Vegas to Couture Show. This is a luxury jewelry show in, mm. uh, staged in uh, Las Vegas every uh, end of May or beginning of June sometime. Mm-hmm. And uh, every year they make a design competition. And I was really humbled and be- I was really proud that I was nominated first runner-up in my first year. So that was quite a something in, in my first year in, right. uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations for that. I know this next question, I asked people about their first really special car. Now, in our pre-show chat, we talked about the fact that you really haven't had a car because you lived in the UK where having a car in town in London is worthless pretty much. <laughs> and uh, and you mentioned in Istanbul, traffic is crazy. You don't have a car. So let's maybe talk a little bit about your dad's car, uh, just for a brief moment here, and, and what was special about that car for you, other than that hot, sticky vinyl seat? <laughs> uh, well, dad has, uh, when I, I, I grew up uh, in a 62 Ford Falcon, uh, it was black, and um, four-door, I think my father bought that pretty much when I was born in 1972, and previously he just sold his 57 Fairlane, Ford Fairlane. Oh my gosh, wow. uh, Exactly. So uh, I grew up in 62, but he used to tell me 57 stories in 62 Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. All about the Falcon, as we know, it was more uh, so down-to-earth version of the Ford. And, uh, you know, the things were getting a bit smaller, more economical. It was a small six engine, whatever. But that car, then you could, uh, around that time, 1973, 75, you know, as long as I can start to recall you used to have like Renault 12s a French car but built in Turkey uh-huh. and you know, you have those around but still you had a lot of American cars going yeah. around and these were different than the rest and um, yeah. the, all the form the styling the body volumes and uh, the trimmings I think what I can call now after a career of 25 years in jewelry say uh, they have a, like car jewelry they, they have all these trimmings nice chrome everywhere it's got, got enamels you got and these things captivated me, and then I pretty much uh, I could sense the curves, radiuses over the dashboard, and things. I was really familiar with that from this early age. And right. my my dad's uh, was really helpful, and I was like every time I was jumping out of the window, oh, what's that? What's that? And he used to tell me, oh, okay, this is fifty six, fifty eight. And by by their stoplight or by their headlight, I knew what model car that was by the age of ten. And he used to tell me uh, about his stories that with 57, which he took a long journey for that time of the year. I mean, uh, t- uh, Turkey was pretty much a closed country until the early 80s. Right. They took a 
trip with my mom from Istanbul all the way to Munich, Germany. So they cut across all the iron block uh, countries and through Austria and they went to Munich. So uh, this is happening pretty much in 1970. They got married in 66 and they took this journey around 1970. And uh, all his uh, friends to my father, they said, oh, just be careful. If anything happens to this car, this is being 57 (laughs) Fairlane, you will never find a part in Bulgaria or or Yugoslavia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, and uh, and thanks God, and nothing happened or everybody was really pleased to see this huge monster of a thing. Right. And uh, they made it to Munich, no problem. Uh, but uh, they had quite a bit tough time to finding a parking space. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine driving a big old American yeah, 50s exactly. car. Exactly. But it was giving them the looks when, when they're trying to park this, uh, let's say, boat yes. next to those uh, tiny German cars. Yeah. And, yeah. and they made it back. Uh, on the way back in Bulgaria, in customs, they were stopped. And uh, they, uh, the customs officials, they were like, uh, they suspected that they were, I don't know, they smuggling or bringing yeah, an exactly. illegal car so back they, in. They really, they wanted to drill into the fenders. Oh no! And I don't know what you call that part when you step into the car when you open the door. The oh, the ma- door sill. The door yeah, sill. Doors, yeah. They want to drill into the door. Oh sills. no! Oh no! I don't. And I think my father, got a bit of persuasion, they yeah. uh, they they didn't do it. So it, well, they good. made it back, and uh, <laughs> there's a story to tell. <laughs> wow, that's a wild journey. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share. A little bit about what has you excited and fired up. If you go to Suchian, S-U-C-I-Y-A-N dot com, you can see the artwork and the the jewelry. And I'll tell you what is really cool. You look at, for instance, the belt buckles that uh, Armand has designed. Any car guy or car gal will immediately recognize elements in these designs from uh, these great old classic cars. I mean, it's just really beautiful what you've done, and I encourage my listeners to do that, or you can go to uh, Armand's show notes page here at carsyad.com and click on a link. But what has you excited for this new year that you're working on? Uh, I got a couple of rings, and uh, I just finished a belt buckle that gave it to a. Cu- it was best book custom design. Oh, okay. uh, I could share. I could share the picture with you. This uh, I I got. It's a belt buckle made of bronze and silver, nine twenty-five sterling silver. Wow! And uh, I uh, the very famous Pontiac chief. Yes, uh, yes. I got inspired that one. I turned into a belt buckle. It's such a great icon and a great uh, graphic thing. And uh, I turned it into a belt buckle. And that was uh, one amazing order that I just delivered. And I got a few uh, rings that I'm making. They are going to be great, I think, because uh, I'm making one Packard inspired. Oh, okay. And one one 19... 4044 uh, Ford inspired one. I give them this uh, details and things, but literally sometimes I change everything. Just I like the aura of the time rather than copying particulars of any kind of car. But you know, Packard has such a fantastic grill, particularly the vintage times, uh, yes. the vintage ones. It's very amazing Art Deco detailing. The same thing for the Ford 1940s Ford, and it's really voluminous. It's all about dynamics, all about aerodynamics, all that uh, 
Harvard streamlining details that I really right. love. So those are coming up. They should be, I don't know, it will take a few months, I suppose, but they should be by the, ready by the end of uh, March, hopefully. Great. I got a few, a few bracelets that uh, they will be also ready for the Las Vegas show again by the end of the May. Nice. Wow. Well, again, I encourage our listeners to check out uh, Armand's website. It, it's really spectacular. And I think uh, any car person will immediately go, oh, I can see where that inspiration came from. Really beautiful things you're doing. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Armand. And I, I like the way you answer this being an artist. If you were a car, yeah, what kind of car would you be? What kind of car would I be? Yeah. Oh, God, it's a tough one. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I would be a car. Oh, God, this is really tough. <laughs> I would stick to being a classic car, definitely. I, I love mm-hmm. a classic car, but it's all functioning very well. It's underneath. Everything is all great. You know, still. Uh, uh, but, you know, it really doesn't matter if the bodywork or the paint is it's all up to pristine i could i rather prefer a bit of rust but but underneath <laughs> okay. every, underneath everything is fine but the reason is that is just i all oh, oh, this i like this sort of lived patina of certain things of a particular season ah. cars most of the things i do i i you know i i love it when they are all perfectly mint condition but this uh, old aged metal chrome as I, it tells me something more i don't know but i yeah. i got more to that towards that sort of thing so i think i'd rather be something that is uh you know everything is working fantastically underneath but uh, you know when you look at from the top you know you wouldn't give that much of a credit but you know you, <laughs> it's been uh it's been well lived let's put it yeah, that way exactly. yeah the yeah. nice patina very cool well armand up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's Carshia sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Driving never meant more as the all-new driving adventure awaits you with a not-for-profit drive toward a cure. Combines two spirited drives for a weekend of cars and camaraderie in Paso Robles, California. All to support finding a cure for Parkinson's disease. In a showcase of ribbon roads in California of chrome and elegance, coming up this April 28th. Enjoy some of the nicest cars, people, drives, wine tasting, and luxury receptions while driving towards a cure for Parkinson's. To register or donate, click on drivetowardacure.com or check out Cars Yeah guest Deb Pollock's show notes page where there's links to Drive Toward a Cure. Donate today, or better yet, go for the drive. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyad.com or connect with me 
through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Armand, we are entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Definitely the don't do anything half-heartedly and persist on what you are doing. Do whatever you're going to do. Do try your best and persist on it. Yes, persistence. Now, how about a resource? Is there a resource that you would like to share with the car shell listeners? Uh, for those people that might pass their way to, from Turkey, we have a fantastic car museum in here, Ural Ataman, which I could uh, I could share their uh, website. Yeah, link. send me a link to that. Yes, exactly. They they have uh, in Istanbul. Uh, that's quite a very very good car collection, and uh, this is the uh, one man's passion. And he put together this amazing museum now is thankfully we could go and uh, visit it every weekend and that you could have like model cars. You have like amazing collection of American European cars and which which he collected uh, from all over the world. And um, you could find really, really amazing examples that they historically never been sold in Turkey. Like, for instance, they have Faisal Vega, which mm, pretty much yes. never came to yeah. never came to Turkey. But thanks to his collection, now we could see and appreciate it. So that's an amazing place. For those people, they passed their way to Milan or Italy. Since I lived there for five years, there's an amazing car bookshop. Uh, it's called Libreria dell'Automobile on uh, Corso Venezia. It's literally, it's all about Italian, American cars, handbooks, manuals, anything. So wow. it's, it's, it's heaven for people that if they like those sort of things. And, uh, Fantastic. Now, if you could have a drink, Armand, with anybody in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Harley Earl would do <laughs> yes. that, that would be fine. <laughs> That's uh, Harley Earl, definitely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, since uh, what, I later on I discovered all these people behind the designs of the car, and um, mm-hmm. when I was uh, late early twenties, I got my hands of this art of the American automobile by Nick. Giorgiano, I think that's the way you Giorgiano. pronounce it. Yes, yes. Giorgiano, yes. And uh, thanks to that book, I literally got, uh, I mean, also from Philip Castle, I knew that her Harley or as a figure was really, really sort of important as a styling yes. in the American car history. And uh, his show car idea literally changed all the styling game in the American car design. Oh, yeah. So that Harley Earl definitely would be a good <laughs> that would be <laughs> That would be a wonderful evening, wouldn't it? Now, how now, you mentioned that book, but how about one book that you might share with our listeners that they should uh, crack open? Uh, crack open and read. Uh, I could definitely, if they can find a copy of that Tiger Books. It's from Tiger Books. And uh, it's uh, about Philip Philip Castle, which is a uh, okay. British graphic designer from 1970s, yeah. and uh, which he designed lots of uh, album covers. And he's a really, really big car passionate and he does fantastic illustrations very cool well i'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources links to them on armand's show notes page at carsyeah.com website just type armand a-r-m-a-n suchian s-u-c-i-y-a-n in the search bar and that page will pop up with all these wonderful links thank you for sharing those international sources for our listeners out there (laughs) 
All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Armand, and this last question can be a real doozy. I want to put a gar- uh, a really cool car in your garage. So if you could yeah. pick any one special collector car that I could buy for you, money's no object, so don't worry about that. What would that car be and why? I would love a BMW 507. Thank you, Mark. Oh, my goodness. You just uh, busted the bank account with that one, didn't you? Well, you know, that is a – yeah, that's got to be one of the – Really iconic designs out there. And, and of course, for BMWs. Yeah. What, what is it about that car you like so much? I think this amazing line, the body styling is amazing. The, the yeah. Albert, I, what the designer was, I think, was Albert Graf von Goertz. Yes, Goertz, you know, yes. Ger- yes, Goertz, German born. Uh, yeah. He's from an aristocratic family. But amazingly, he built up his career in Los Angeles, California, doing like modifying uh, model A's and B's. Mm-hmm. And then later on, is an amazing coincidence with uh, Lowry. He met and he got employed in Studebaker factory. So, yeah. And this is uh, before I knew this story, the car looked so un German. It's like, but definitely looked under, it looked, I would have said, oh, some Italian might have designed it because Mm -hmm. the lines were really, really that, but now I can, I can feel that there is something a bit American in it as well, you know, you know, it's Californian, let's say. It's just an amazing styling, I think, you know, you you got many, many cars, you know, you you can have many different Ferraris in 1950s and things like that, but this is, is... I don't know. I think you you really don't need anything to be put in or taken out. You picked a beautiful car there. There's a local museum here, wonderful museum, the LeMay America's Car Museum, and they have a BMW exhibit going on right now. And they have a 507 up on a platform as the the one of all the BMWs there, kind of the the iconic one. Yeah. This year, I think has been they uh, in somewhere I read it. I think they restored the Elvis Presley's ones. Yeah, the, I saw that yeah. car's white, and it was on the lawn yeah. at Pebble Beach last year. So I got yeah. to see it up close and personal. Very, very cool car. So, wow. Well, you picked a really special car, Amon, and you've taken me on. Sorry, a, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Hey, I told you you could have anything you want. So I'll get to work on that for you. All right, okay. but. Uh, <laughs> You have taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you. And I want to thank you for calling in all the way from Istanbul this morning on a weekend here. We're talking on a, my Saturday morning, your Saturday evening. Uh, I want to ask you to give our listeners one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that BMW 507. All right, fantastic. Uh, well, thank you very much for inviting me for this one, Mark. It was yeah, been a, well. it's been great, great pleasure being a guest in your uh, interviews. I think my parting guest would be though the times that we are going is tough, but uh, stick to what you want, stick to what you love, and uh, just give it your best. Yes, your time will come, but just be patient and persist. Oh, and uh, that's that, that's the best I can. Best advice I could give, the best advice I was given. (laughs) Yeah, it's great advice. And what's the best way, again, for our listeners to learn more about what you're doing and uh, purchase some of this wonderful pieces of jewelry and artwork that you create? Okay, they could visit my uh, website, www.suchian.com. And also in New York, I have a agent that is responsible for my brand, which their name is Viewpoint NYC, which I could also share the link with you yes, in a moment. Do. So they could see the collection by appointment. And, um, okay. and they, uh, they, there are men's jewelry and women's jewelry there. And my women's collection and the men's collection. Yes, they, they could help you out. 
I'll make sure we have links on Armand's website to his website on the carsyad.com website. So you can find everything again he shared. Uh, at carsyad.com, just uh, type Armand in that search bar and that page will pop up. Uh, check out what he's doing here because I think as a car enthusiast, you're going to love this stuff. It's really, really special. I really appreciate you, Armand, being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your worldly experiences. You're welcome. It's been fantastic. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.